Howdy. Um, we were just listening to this. As president, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five of his cabinet secretaries were referred for federal criminal prosecution <laughs> in one term. All five of those cases, all five Trump cabinet secretaries, it was the Trump Justice Department that refused to bring criminal charges despite those criminal But, like, you know, widen the lens a little bit. You know, meanwhile, the lawyers who brought the cases, brought the lawsuits, that the former president wanted after the election to try to get the courts to somehow overthrow the election results and somehow keep him in office. Those lawyers who are acting on his behalf are all facing court sanctions and potential disbarment in at least four different jurisdictions. His other personal lawyer, not the one who already went to prison, the other one, has just had his law license suspended uh-huh. in both New York and in Washington, D.C. for his role in making the same false claims before the court. Oh. He's impeached twice, that's a record, and he's personally facing a criminal investigation of state law for interfering with elections officials in that state. We're also awaiting a potential second round of indictments uh-huh. derived from these allegations of a years-long multi-million dollar criminal tax fraud scheme, uh-huh. tax fraud scheme that's uh-huh. already led to the indictment of his company that bears his name and its longtime CFO. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is it possible that an American president has his campaign chairman arrested, that's Paul Manafort, and his deputy campaign chairman arrested, that's Rick Gates, and his campaign manager arrested, Steve Bannon, and his national security advisor arrested, that's Mike uh. Flynn, and his personal lawyer arrested, that's Michael Cohen, and his uh-huh. longtime political advisor arrested, that's Roger Stone, and his campaign foreign policy advisor arrested, that's George Papadopoulos, and his inaugural chairman arrested, that's Tom Barrett, just arrested today, his inaugural vice chairman arrested, Elliot Borgie, his private company indicted the Trump uh-huh. Organization, his chief financial officer of his private company arrested Alan Weisselberg, Rikers. his foundation-slash-charity shut down as a fraud, that's the Trump Foundation, uh-huh. his quote-unquote school shut down after a fraud suit settlement, Trump University, uh-huh. and not to mention, during his one single term as president, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five of his cabinet secretaries were referred for federal criminal prosecution. Uh-huh. In one term. All five of those cases, all five Trump cabinet secretaries, it was the Trump Justice Department that refused to bring criminal charges despite those criminal referrals. But, like, you know, widen the lens a little bit. You know, meanwhile, the lawyers who brought the cases, brought the lawsuits that the former president wanted after the election to try to get the courts to somehow overthrow the election results and somehow keep them in office, those lawyers were acting on his behalf are all facing court sanctions and potential disbarment in at least four different jurisdictions. His other personal lawyer, not the one who already went to prison, the other one has just had his law license suspended in both New York and in Washington, D.C. for his role in making those same false claims before the court. Oh, and he himself was impeached twice, that's a record, and he's personally facing a criminal investigation under Georgia state law for interfering with elections officials in that state. We're also awaiting a potential second round of indictments derived from these allegations of a years-long multi-million dollar criminal tax fraud scheme, tax fraud scheme that's already led to the indictment of his company that bears his name and its longtime CFO. Uh-huh.
So why isn't he fucking arrested and charged and thrown in fucking prison for insurrection? Duh. And his deputy campaign chairman arrested, that's Rick Gates. And his campaign manager arrested, Steve Bannon. And his national security advisor arrested, that's Mike Flynn. And his personal lawyer arrested, that's Michael Cohen. And his longtime political advisor arrested, that's Roger Stone. And his campaign foreign policy advisor arrested, that's George Papadopoulos. And his inaugural chairman arrested, that's Tom Barrick, just arrested today. His inaugural <laughs> vice chairman arrested, <laughs> Elliot Cody. <laughs> his private company indicted the Trump Organization. The chief financial officer of his private company arrested Alan Weisselberg. His foundation slash charity shut down as a fraud. That's the Trump Foundation. <laughs> his quote-unquote school shut down after a fraud suit settlement, Trump <laughs> University. And not to mention, during his one single term as president, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five of his cabinet secretaries were referred for federal criminal prosecution. In one term, all five of those cases, all five Trump cabinet secretaries, it was the Trump Justice Department that refused to bring criminal charges despite those criminal referrals. But like, you know, widen the lens a little bit. You know, meanwhile, the lawyers who brought the cases, brought the lawsuits that the former president wanted after the election to try to get the courts to somehow overthrow the election results and somehow keep him in office, those lawyers were acting on his behalf are all facing court sanctions and potential disbarment in at least four different jurisdictions. His other Sydney personal Powell lawyer, not the one who already went to already disbarred. has just had his law license suspended nah. in both New York and in Washington, D.C. for his role in making the same false claims before the court. Oh, and he himself was impeached twice. That's a record. <laughs> and he's personally facing a criminal investigation under Georgia state law for yeah. interfering with elections officials in that yep. state. We're also awaiting a potential second round of indictments derived from these allegations of a years-long multi-million dollar criminal tax fraud scheme. Uh -huh. Tax fraud scheme that's already led to the indictment of his company that bears tax his name and its longtime <laughs> CFO. Nah, going down, First, down, down, down. Is it possible that an American president has his campaign chairman arrested, that's Paul Manafort, and his deputy campaign chairman arrested, that's Rick Gates? It's going down, 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 down. TikTok, we're surfing TikTok right now. So allow me to give you a few examples of how colonizer culture appropriated indigenous wisdom, twisted it, and use it today as a form to control the masses. The first example I'll give is medicine. The indigenous people taught the colonizers about aspirin and how to make it from aspen bark. Now you guys have Bayer and the entire pharmaceutical industry. The next example I'll give you is farming. You see, when colonizers first showed up, basically all they had was turnips, and it took them 100 acres of land to feed 100 people. Indigenous people taught them how to farm in rows, fertilize their crops, and we gave them the vegetables included in the three sisters, corn, beans, and squash. They took that. Now you have Monsanto and mass-produced GMO monocrops that are destroying our environment. 
The next example I'll give is the beauty industry. When colonizers showed up, they didn't bathe. Indigenous people taught them how to wash up so that they wouldn't be so sick all the time. And now the beauty industry convinces you to just scrub the moisture barrier right off your hair and skin so that you need all these other extra products to restore it. And the fourth example is your government. The very constitution was appropriated from the Iroquois Confederacy. And... Now you got the two-party system. Huh. And indigenous people gave you medicine, food, and knowledge of hygiene for free because that is something that should be a human right for every single person. But they twisted it and used it as a form of control and now literally food and health care are the very reasons why you have to spend the majority of your time away from your family working so that you can buy those things when it's literally supposed to be free. But go ahead and call indigenous people primitive and continue the colonizer narrative about how colonizers were more technologically advanced and that's why they won. Even though the only thing you won was a 40-hour work week and bars on every other corner and then churches on every other corner so that you can work all week and get drunk on the weekends and then go to church on Sunday and confess your sins. <laughs> the thing you can't forget is that your ancestors left Europe to stop being peasants and come over here to carve out their own kingdoms, but most of y'all work harder and spend more time away from your family today in 2022 than medieval peasants did back in that day. The way to true freedom is through indigenous philosophy. So allow me to give you a few yeah. examples of how colonizer culture appropriated indigenous wisdom, twisted it, and use it today as a form to control the masses. The first example I'll give is medicine. The indigenous people taught the colonizers about aspirin and how to make it from aspen bark. Now you guys have Bayer and the entire pharmaceutical industry. The next example I'll give you is farming. You see, when colonizers first showed up, basically all they had was turnips, and it took them 100 acres of land to feed 100 people. Indigenous people taught them how to farm in rows, fertilize their crop, and we gave them the vegetables included in the three sisters, corn, beans, and squash. They took that. Now you have Monsanto and mass-produced GMO monocrops that are destroying our environment. The next example I'll give is the beauty industry. When colonizers showed up, they didn't bathe. Indigenous people taught them how to wash up so that they wouldn't be so sick all the time. And now the beauty industry convinces you to just scrub the moisture barrier right off your hair and skin so that you need all these other extra products to restore it. And the fourth example is your government. The very constitution was appropriated from the Iroquois Confederacy. And... Now you got the two-party system. <laughs> and indigenous people gave you medicine, food, and knowledge of hygiene for free because that is something that should be a human right for every single person. But they twisted it and used it as a form of control, and now literally food and health care 
are the very reasons why you have to spend the majority of your time away from your family working so that you can buy those things when it's literally supposed to be free. But go ahead and call indigenous people primitive and continue the colonizer narrative about how colonizers were more technologically advanced and that's why they won. Even though the only thing you won was a 40-hour work week and bars on every other corner and then churches on every other corner so that you can work all week and get drunk on the weekends and I then go to church nice on Sunday and confess your point Founding fathers forgot women's council women's council I think everybody in America should know that our Constitution comes from the Iroquois tribe, except founding fa forgot, fathers forgot women's council. I think we should put a nice backbeat to your words, and then we can turn into spoken word music. Uh, we don't need governments anymore. Uh, if we have them, they should have a very minimal role. Uh, in our society. I think it's possible for the human race to relate as one family without leaders and governments who are exploiting the worst aspects of our character, the lowest common denominator well, of our society. Also, they're abusing power and stealing the resources. And what responsible leaders should be doing is encouraging love and unity. And their failure to do that, in my view, disqualifies them from the leadership role. We don't need governments anymore. Uh, if we have them, they should have a very minimal role uh, in our society. I think it's possible for the human race to relate as one family without leaders and governments who are exploiting the worst aspects of our character, the lowest common denominator of our society, deliberately encouraging fears and hatreds and suspicion. What responsible leaders should be doing is encouraging love and unity. And their failure to do that 
in my view, disqualifies them from the leadership role. We don't need governments anymore. If we have them, they should have a very minimal role. Uh, in our society. I think it's possible for the human race to relate as one family without leaders and governments who are exploiting the worst aspects of our character, the lowest common denominator of our... Hi, have you seen what's happening in France right now? Oui, peut-être. While I am a bit relieved to see that people outside of the country have been informed of the public strikes and manifestations, which are historical for France right now, I'm a bit concerned because all I see is people talking about the two years of retirement and suggesting that we are marching only for that and suggesting that we are lazy. (laughs) Let me tell you, I don't blame the outside media for trying to sum up the situation this way because this is actually the French government's strategy to make you believe, and us also, that this is just about two years. It's not. It's much more. And here are the reasons why we are marching. Just a quick recap of what's been happening in France for the past four months and reasons why we could be mad. Yes, okay, we didn't need that many reasons, but still. Look up Saint-Soline. If you leave this video right now and never see me again on your FYP, look up Saint-Soline. Really look up Saint-Soline. This is a war scene. First of all, Macron keeps posting his agenda of, yes, but you elected me. Well, I don't know if you know. During his previous presidency, Macron deliberately let the extreme right rise so that he would be the only available option. He tries to force on us an unfair bill which would impact very, very poorly women, poor people, essential workers, and the list goes on and on. Really, no one benefits from it, from this reform, but you get the point. When we peacefully manifested that no, there was a concerning increase of police brutality. Maybe you have heard about it because in the international, it has been condemned. So we also protest against police brutality because we're French, obviously. Have you heard about Darmanin, which is the most unpopular minister France has ever known? Well, he keeps blaming the people on the police brutality, saying that the cops are tired. Really, ah. this dude is insufferable. Again, look it up. I don't have the time to tell you everything because he's such an immense amount of shit. I don't have the time. Police brutality got worse and worse because they were not being punished, so they understood that they had a limited amount of power now. I'm assuming you have seen a few videos about it, but since you don't speak French, maybe you haven't heard about a recording. An audio recording of cops arresting a bunch of people, saying extremely racist stuff, and then saying, and I quote, If I ever see you again in the streets, it will be the last time. The Senate, who is less important than the Assembly, voted for the stop of specific treatments when it comes to retirement, except for their own retirement. They still have their own privileges, but they made it for everyone else. I have to make a part two. Typical. Hi, have you seen what's happening in France right now? Oui, peut-être. While I am a bit relieved to see that people outside the country have been informed of the public strikes and manifestations, which are historical for France right now, I'm a bit concerned because all I see is people talking about the two years of retirement and suggesting that we are marching only for that and suggesting that we are lazy, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you. Person. My incredible person. I don't...
The Council for National Policy is the scariest Christian nationalist group you've never heard of. Buckle the fuck up. For over a year now, I've been investigating who is behind all of the anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ+, anti-women, anti-BIPOC bills and laws are being passed in this country. And I told you about the Alliance Defending Freedom, the ADF, who is behind a lot of the bills. But if they are a henchman, the Council for National Policy is the fucking mob boss. Let me tell you about them. The New York Times describes the CNP as a little-known club of a few hundred of the most powerful conservatives in the country who meet three times a year behind closed doors and undisclosed locations for a confidential conference. They are so secretive that you can only attend with the unanimous approval of executive committee and members are instructed to not even refer to the organization by name like it's fucking fight club. And because reality is stranger than fiction, they were founded in 1981 by the author of the Left Behind series, Tim LaHaye. To tell you more about them, we need to go back in the past. We have to go all the way back to 1845 when the Southern Baptist Convention was started. Baptist. The Southern Baptists were created because they branched away from Baptists uh, over slavery. Southern Baptists supported slavery. The Southern Baptist Convention remained apart from other Protestant denominations during the war, and in 1962, the Supreme Court ended public school prayer. Now, they are mad. It's at this time that the Southern Baptists realized that with the shifting demographic of America, that they might be irrelevant very soon. They could not have it that way. So the Southern Baptist Church plotted to get into politics. And in 1979, Southern Baptist preacher Jerry Falwell, who was for segregation, he was vehemently opposed to racial integration in academy, he decided to convene a meeting with some other pastors as well as Republican operative Paul Wyrick, who co-founded the Heritage Foundation, and Falwell Wyrick, Pat Robinson, Tim LaHaye, author of the frickin' Left Behind series, and presidential Ronald Reagan... Oh got God. together. They started a little 501c3 oh organization called the Council for National Policy, which is now a network of evangelicals, oil barons, gun lobbyists, and Republican operatives Jesus working to dismantle Christ. the social safety net and civil liberties that we have today. And some of its more prominent members today include the Koch brothers and the DeVos family. Right. Leaders right. of this group have included Tony Perkins, the head of the LGBT bashing Family Research Council, who was vice president for a year and is still on its board of governors. Oh. Oh Tony God. Perkins, who once claimed Fuckers. that gay people recruit children and secretly published a mailing list for a candidate he was managing from former Klan leader David Duke. Also on the CNP's Board of Governors is Michael Perotka. Perotka was for many years on the board of the League of the South, a neo-Confederate hate group that advocates for a newly secluded South ruled by white people. Another board member is Matt Staver, leader of the anti-LGBT Liberty Council who has worked for the recriminalization of homosexuality and calls the Boy Scouts a playground for child abusers. He likened LGBT activists to terrorists. And there's Alan Sears, the founder of, oh look, Alliance Defending Freedom. The A.D. fucking F. The entire group seeks a fusion of fundamentalist theology with American civic life. They believe that this country was founded for Christians like them, generally natural-born citizens and white. This group owns media outlets. You might recognize this CNP member, Charlie Kirk, who runs something called Turning Point USA. Oh, my God. The Daily Caller is also owned by members of the Council for National Policy, and so right. is Breitbart. Guess what other organization is a part of the CNP? The fucking National Rifle Association, the NRA. 
the Seven Mountains Mandates, ADF, Moms of Liberty, ALEC, they are all arms of this fucking monster, the CNP. They backed Ted Cruz on his presidential run because his dad, Rafael Cruz, was one of the founding fucking members. Amy Coney Barrett, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, they've all been speakers at CNP conferences. You know, those secret conferences that they're not even allowed to say the dang name of or even disclose where they're having it. Yeah. All this time, the Republicans talking about how there's a shadowy government. It was them all the fucking time. The CNP, the Council for National Policy. Remember that name. Notice it when it pops up in articles or on news stations, because that is the organization that is behind all of the shit that is trying to turn America into a white supremacist, Christian nationalist, fascist shithole. The CNP. CNP, The Council for National Policy is the scariest Christian nationalist group you've never heard of. Buckle the fuck up. For over... anti-BIPOC bills and laws are being passed in this country. And I've told you about the Alliance Defending Freedom, the ADF, who is behind a lot of the bills. But if they are a henchman... Well, here's an explanation. So Jamal Bolton the other day... Uh... So why is Congress trying to ban TikTok? Sank Uger from TYT News explains. ...was part of a press conference during this TikTok stuff. He's a just Democrat, uh, so congressman. And he said part of the reason that they want to block TikTok is because Republicans ain't got no swag. And then people are like, oh, that's funny, that's ridiculous, can you believe it? No, 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 that's true. And so what that means is almost all the young people that are on TikTok and these other social media are progressive. And it's driving the right wing crazy that they can't shut it down like they do with mainstream media. Mainstream media, they just yell at me. You're liberal! I demand that you give 50% of your airtime to lies! Right? And it's so easy to bully mainstream media because they're not really bullying them. They're on the same team. They're all in favor of corporate rules. So corporations and combined with Republican and Democratic politicians are excellent at controlling me. Mainstream media and right-wing media, they're all on the same agenda. And all of a sudden, here comes these kids on TikTok and Instagram and all these different places. Shutting down And Trump. they don't shut up. And none of them are in favor of corporate rule. And they're informed. And driving them crazy. And they're informing so each I'm other. Right now, you will see so many more efforts from now for years on end of Republicans trying to shut down social media. Mm-hmm. And the number one reason is because... It's getting out a progressive message, and they need to attack it and end it now. It is a rare part of media that they cannot control, and they must control the media. Otherwise, people would rebel against it. Well, here's the explanation. So,
Did you know that beekeepers have the longest life expectancy amongst any other profession? And did you know that beekeepers have the longest life expectancy amongst any other profession? And the reason for this is going to blow your mind, so stick around. Now, when bees jump from flower to flower, absorbing the sun's energy and pollinating, they actually start to emit a healing frequency that not only reverses disease, but also heals on an energetic level. Beekeepers often talk about this zen energy or a meditative state of mind while doing their job. And if that's not mind-blowing enough, it is proven that sleeping above a beehive will give you many health benefits. There's also a therapy called beehive air inhalation, which has stunned scientists to this day by reversing disease and also giving many other health benefits. It's also good to note that a jar of honey is the only food that will not rot and is edible for over 3,000 years. Wow. And some bees even build their hive in a perfect Fibonacci sequence, which is the mathematical sequence of this universe. All in all, bees are absolutely incredible creatures, so please do your part to protect them. We need them in our lives. Peace and love. Did you know that beekeepers have the longest life expectancy amongst any other profession? And the reason for this is going to blow your mind, so stick around. Now, when bees jump from flower to flower, absorbing the sun's energy and pollinating, they actually start to emit a healing frequency that not only reverses disease, but also heals on an energetic level. Beekeepers often talk about this zen energy or a meditative state of mind while doing their job. And if that's not mind-blowing enough, it is proven that sleeping above a beehive will give you many health benefits. And there's also a therapy called beehive air inhalation, which has stunned scientists to this day by reversing disease and also giving many other health benefits. It's also good to note that a jar of honey is the only food that will not rot and is edible for over 3,000 years. And some bees even build their hive in a perfect Fibonacci sequence, which is the mathematical sequence of this universe. All in all, bees are absolutely incredible creatures, so please do your part to protect them. We need them in our lives. Peace and love. Did you know that beekeepers have the longest life expectancy amongst any other profession? And the reason for this is going to blow your mind, so stick around. Now, when bees jump from flower to flower, absorbing the sun's energy and pollinating, Beasties. They actually start to emit a healing frequency that not only reverses disease, but also heals on a three reasons. Did you know that beekeepers have the longest life expectancy amongst any other? Flower absorbing the sun's energy and pollinating, they actually start to emit a healing frequency. Three reasons I ditched coffee for good. One, coffee doesn't actually give you energy. It just temporarily blocks the part of your brain that tells you when you're tired. So that's why we have midday jitters when the coffee wears off. Two, coffee raises cortisol. Cortisol regulates your body's response to stress. This means that more coffee leads to higher levels of stress and anxiety. Three, there are better coffee alternatives out there. Like mud water, which is a blend of masala chai, cinnamon, cacao, and four different types of adaptogenic mushrooms. Lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, and reishi. Get your daily dose of these super mushrooms with mud water. Your body and brain will thank you. That was very interesting. Hey, hey, this is not my typical content. Message to the older generation in the United States government. This is not my typical content. Yes, this is B4MPI3Es underscore. No, that totally makes sense about uh, the Republicans have no swag. But I feel as though in my heart that it is important for me to share this. Please boost this video and share if you can.
This is to the United States government. Dear Congress, I'm only 17, but my life will be affected by you in the next few years. You have one foot in the grave, but you are making laws that harm future generations. You say that you want to protect children, but give your thoughts and prayers when a child's life is taken at school where they should feel the safest. You want to protect children, but will force a 10-year-old to give birth, although she didn't consent to being a mom in the fifth grade. You want to protect children, but there are children in cages at the Mexican border. But drag queens and TikTok is what's harming the children. We have a list of other issues in this country, but TikTok is your concern, even though you have to ask your grandchild to change the HDMI cable on your TV. <laughs> time and time again, you prove we're out of touch. Banning LGBTQ books and calling drag queens groomers and much as much worse is what you do, because your new source is Facebook. Or other stuff that isn't true. Who else grooms kids? Pastors, teachers, family friends, mentors, coaches, and even people in your own political party. The times that I have experienced sexual harassment or anything else, it wasn't by a drag queen. I know, shocker. And it wasn't by any of the members of the LGBT community. It was all straight cis men. As a queer person, I fear my future. And I fear other queer people's future. When I was discovering my identity, I wish I had books at school that helped me understand who I was. Can't have that, though, because you see, you can't seem to coexist with a group of people who aren't you. You want to control the American people and take away freedom of speech, although this country prides itself on being the land of the free. I wonder why the rest of the world laughs at us. In a couple of months, I'll be able to vote. And I hope that I can vote these ignorant and uneducated politicians out of office. Great. Thank you. This is not my typical content, but I feel as though in my heart that it is important for me to share this. Please boost this video and share if you can. This is to the United States government. one foot in the grave, but you are making laws that harm future generations. You say that you want to protect children, but give your thoughts and prayers when a child's life is taken at school where they should feel the safest. You want to protect children, but will force a 10-year-old to give birth, although she didn't consent to being a mom in the fifth grade. You want to protect children, but there are children in cages at the Mexican border. But drag queens and TikTok is what's harming the children. We have a list of other issues in this country, but TikTok is your concern, even though you have to ask your grandchild to change the HDMI cable <laughs> on your TV. Time and time again, you prove we're out of touch. Banning LGBTQ books and calling drag queens groomers and much, as, much worse is what you do, because your new source is Facebook. Or other stuff that isn't true. Who else grooms kids? Pastors, teachers, family friends, mentors, coaches, and even people in the own political party. The times that I have experienced sexual harassment or anything else, it wasn't by a drag queen. I know.
Okay. Republicans are the ones involved in all this uh, fucking sex crimes. This is metal high priestess. It's up to me. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate spending time with the collective and you know. Again, this person was when they met you, there's absolutely there's something about your eyes, there's something about the way you carry yourself, okay? The six of pentacles is here in reverse. There's no giving and receiving. Okay, and this person's intimidated by you. Look at how you are dominant. It was you doing the giving. And this is the children here. Six of Pentacles is what we're doing right now, exchanging information 212 in the chat. This person right here, this person likes you in high heels, if you wear heels, okay? They like to feel small, is what I see here. So you guys are, I don't know, take what resonates, whoever's thinking. I'm just saying, it's not yours for me. Okay, this person, they do that. But then, okay. <laughs> So let me give you a little more history so on the Declaration of Independence that yeah, we don't know, and you should know. We're taking a walk to see how high the river is, so you can come with. You see, they teach people that the Declaration of Independence was signed because of some bullshit about taxes on tea and unfair representation. But what you won't learn anyone except the Native Americans. Royal Proclamation 1760. You see, a bunch of natives went to go see King George, and he gave the royal proclamation, which said that the native people were a noble and peaceful people, and the colonies are not to extend past the Appalachian Mountains. This is the bridge that was in my last video they closed. And as you can imagine, the did not like having women to put on how far they could colonize. So 15 years after the royal proclamation, they came out with the Declaration of Independence that says this. So we went from being a noble and peaceful people to being merciless Indian savages, and thus began the greatest propaganda campaign this this genocidal wow. propaganda campaign is still seen all over American culture daily. From Thanksgiving to the 4th of July to random people coming into native comments talking about how we were just savages and civilization was good for us. <laughs> the real reason for the Declaration of Independence is because they wanted to take all of the land from sea to shining sea. You know, manifest destiny, the American dream, and all that. Then we have to go all the way back to the doctrine of discovery that was given by a pope that said Christians can do whatever they want and take every land that isn't owned by Christians. And so, manifest destiny and the American dream is all an extension of the doctrine of discovery, which has just been repudiated by the pope. So anybody talking about the holy doctrine, the Pope just said this about it. So in the same way that my real authentic dream catchers filter negativity out of your dreams, I hope my content can filter some negativity out of your thinking process. Especially the idea that natives were this savage people. If you could see us as a truly peaceful people, 
Just imagine what the world could learn from us. Yeah. So I invite you to come in and check out my Patreon, my Etsy store, all in links in my bio. Yeah, support is and one work. more thing. Slide to my bio and click There's on that series. Teacher. I teach about the prophecies that are going to be happening. So let me give you a little more history on the Declaration of Independence that you don't know, and you should know. We're taking a walk to see how high the river is, so you can come with You see, they teach people that the Declaration of Independence was signed because of some bullshit about taxes and unfair representation. But what you won't learn about from anyone except the Native Americans Royal Proclamation Land crab. of 
identifying or calling someone a liar is unacceptable in this committee. And I make the ruling that we strike those words. When we strike, uh, it does terminate the time of the individual who is speaking. Or it's like a buzz uh, The gentlelady is no longer recognized. Green left the hearing shortly after that moment. You're a liar. You are letting this go on, and the numbers prove it. Marjorie Taylor Green was silenced at a hearing by a member of her own party. Green blamed the Department of Homeland Security Secretary for U.S. fentanyl deaths. How many more people do we have to watch die every single How day? How many America? more people do we have to watch die? Congresswoman, let me assure you that we're not going <laughs> to go on. We are fighting this. Story. No, I reclaim my time. No, I reclaim my time. You don't have to call uh, a witness a liar. The rules state you can't impugn someone's uh, character. No, I reclaim uh, my time. A liar is unacceptable on this committee. <laughs> and I make the ruling that we strike. When we strike, uh, it does terminate the time of the individual who is speaking. Uh, What's the general lady is no longer recognized. Green left the hearing shortly after that moment. You're a liar. Yeah, you are liar. letting this go on, and the numbers prove it. Numbers prove it. Was silenced at a hearing by a member of her own party. <laughs> Green blamed the Department of Homeland Security Secretary for U.S. fentanyl deaths. How many more people? How many do we more have people? The wind, the wind in America. How many? Are going to let this go on? I'm assuming you're sure that we're not letting it go on. We are fighting this. Story. No, I reclaim my time. No, liar. I reclaim you my time. You don't have to call uh, a witness a lie. The rules state you can't. How many more people will go there? Uh, identifying or calling someone a liar is unacceptable in this committee. And I make the ruling that we strike those words. We strike. You're a liar. At the time of the individual who is speaking. So, uh, the gentlelady is no longer with Shortly after that moment. You're a liar. You're you a are liar. letting this go on, and the numbers prove it. Marching the numbers prove it. You're a liar. Green blamed the Department of Homeland You're Security. You're a liar. Secretary. For U.S. How many more people do we have to watch die do every single day in America? How long watch. are you going to let this go on? Congresswoman, let me assure you, you that we're not going to let it go on. We are fighting this story. No, I reclaim my no. time. You're a liar. I reclaim my time. You're, You're a liar. A witness. A liar. Rules state you can't impugn someone's uh, character. Uh, identifying or calling someone a liar is unacceptable. <laughs> and I make the ruling that we strike those words. No, you're a liar. I, no, I will claim my time. time. The individual who is speaking. So, uh, the gentlelady is no longer recognized. Green left the hearing shortly after that moment. A liar. You're you are a letting liar. this go on. The numbers. You're a liar. Marjorie Taylor silenced at a hearing by a member of her own party. Green Bay <laughs> Department of Homeland Security Secretary for U.S. Federal How many more people do you have to watch die every single day in America? Uh, it does terminate the time of the individual who is speaking. So, 
Uh, I'm a clean mind no time. Green left the hearing no. shortly after that moment. You're a liar. The liar. You are letting this go you on. The numbers are letting this it. go Marjorie on. Taylor and the numbers prove it. Green blamed the Department of Homeland You're Security Secretary for U.S. fentanyl deaths. How many more people How do many we more have to people watch die every single day in America? Have to watch How long are you let this go on? How much longer? You let this go on. Fighting this. No, I was playing my turn. You're a no. liar. You're a liar. You don't have to call uh, a witness a liar. The rules state you can't impugn someone's uh, character. Uh, identifying yeah, or calling someone a liar is unacceptable in this committee. And I make yeah, the ruling that you strike those words. When you strike, uh, it does terminate the time of the individual who is speaking. So uh, the gentlelady is no longer recognized. Gentlelady. No, you're a liar. You are letting this go on in the numbers. You are letting this go on in the numbers. Green blamed the Department of Homeland Security Secretary for U.S. fentanyl deaths. How many more people do we have to watch die every single day in America? How long are you going to let this go on? How long is this going to go on? We are fighting this. No, I reclaim my no, time. No, I reclaim my time. You're a liar. You don't have to call uh, <laughs> a witness a liar. In the rules state you can't impute. You're a liar. You are lame. You're a liar. The numbers prove it. Marjorie Taylor And the numbers prove it. By a member of her own Okay, let's move on. You're a liar, and the numbers prove it. Another despicable Trump judge, New York Trump federal judge issues horrible ruling. Yeah, oh, oh no, oh shit, horrible for us, or horrible for Trump. Oh fuck, oh shit, oh no. Another I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, ago. a Trump-appointed federal judge in the Southern District of New York has rejected the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's lawsuit and request for an injunction to try to stop a former uh, assistant special district attorney, Mark it. Pomerantz, from testifying in response to a subpoena sent by MAGA Republican Jim Jordan, who chairs the MAGA Republican-controlled Judiciary Committee. I want to break down the court's ruling, and I also want to mention, while I think this is quite a bad ruling, if you watched Legal AF, I predicted this was ultimately going to be the ruling based on the fact that it was a Trump-appointed judge yes. who I thought was going to find a valid legislative purpose uh, in MAGA Republican Jim Jordan's yeah, subpoena nah. and basically say it's not the role of federal courts to intervene where there could potentially be a valid legislative purpose announced by Congress. And that's exactly what Judge Mary Kay Viscasel did here in her order. And so as we go into this order, and I'll read for you the key portions of the ruling, there's really three main findings in this Trump-appointed judge's order. The first finding is that MAGA Republican Jim Jordan's subpoena of this former assistant deputy 
um, Manhattan District Attorney uh, was a valid legislative purpose or served a valid legislative purpose. Um, the second uh, finding by the judge was that the sovereign interests of the state of New York and the New York Attorney General was not infringed by the subpoena by uh, MAGA Republican Jim Jordan. And uh, the third main finding by Judge Viscasil is even if the privilege had not been waived by Mark Pomerantz when he published a book, in any event, the privileges aren't jeopardized, and Mark Pomerantz could, on a case-by-case -case basis, assert uh, the privileges when he's asked questions, ultimately, when he has to show up uh, for uh, his subpoena testimony. So he can still assert uh, the objections and, and not ask uh, the questions if he asserts a privilege. And uh, for Mark Pomerantz, he says, well, that now puts him in an untenable uh, situation because he doesn't know what he should and shouldn't answer. Um, and so he's filed uh, an appeal uh, to this order by Judge Viscasil. Uh, in addition, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office also uh, filed an appeal in connection with this order uh, by Judge Viscasil. Both filed appeals, of course, to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, which uh, oversees the Southern District of New York Federal Court, where Judge Viscasil uh, sits. So I want to just show you the portions of the order, though, so you can follow what the judge's logic or perhaps illogical conclusion is. Um, but, but I just want you to read it. I want you to understand how the judge justifies this. Um, and I think on a very kind of tenuous grounds. But this is what Judge Viscasel writes. The request by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg for a temporary restraining order enjoining enforcement of the subpoena issued to Mark Pomerantz by the Committee on the Judiciary of the United States House of Representatives, chaired by Congressman Jim Jordan, is denied. The subpoena was issued with, quote, a valid legislative purpose in connection with the, quote, broad and, quote, indispensable oh, congressional power, quote, to conduct investigations. It is not the role of the federal judiciary to dictate what legislation Congress may consider or how it should conduct its deliberation in that connection. Mr. Pomerantz must appear for the congressional deposition. No one is above the law. And then as you go into the actual ruling no itself to see how this is possibly justified, um, the court says that Jim Jordan and the committee have identified several valid legislative purposes underlying the subpoena. The court says, first, they reference the committee's interest in investigating the use of federal forfeiture funds in connection with the District Attorney of New York's investigation of President Trump. Um, there can be no doubt that Congress may permissibly investigate the use of federal funds, particularly where the results of the investigation might prompt Congress to pass legislation changing how such funds are appropriate and may be spent. And Alvin Bragg has already answered Fucking Trump judge. So a total of $5,000 in federal forfeiture funds, uh, funds that are confiscated vis-a-vis -vis, uh, kind of crimes that are investigated by the task force of the Manhattan District Attorney and the feds, that that was used not really even in connection with uh, this criminal case against Donald Trump, or even by Alvin Bragg, but previously by Cy Vance. But you're talking about $5,000, and so uh, that's really a pretextual way for 
um, Jim Jordan to try to get a hook to say there's uh, federal jurisdiction when that $5,000 has absolutely nothing to do with this case at all. But um, that's how Jim Jordan justifies it. Obviously, Jim Jordan's not conducting an investigation to uh, determine how the $5,000 was used, but that's the pretext that's used. Second, the court says, second, defendants identify the possibility of legislative reforms to insulate current and former presidents from state prosecutions, such as by removing criminal actions filed what? against them from state to federal court. And I just want you to think about how absurd that justification is and how absurd it is that Judge Viscasel is adopting that logic. You know, Jim Jordan and the MAGA Republicans are saying because Donald Trump was criminally charged, their federal legislative purpose is that the feds want to pass a law that will basically make it illegal to prosecute former presidents um, because Donald Trump is being prosecuted and make that part of federal jurisdiction, which makes absolutely no sense because state and local criminal prosecutions are with under the ambit of state sovereignty. So it makes no sense, and, and, and no one is above the law. I mean, if you want to go back to Judge Viscasel's opening statement, when she goes in her opening, where she goes, no one is above the law, and then she's embracing a legislative purpose here, that is to put a former That's president when you above the law. Allow activist judges to be appointed of her argument here um, that she's making. So that's the uh, first uh, uh, finding that she makes. Next, um, she says the subpoena does not implicate the sovereign interests of New York. And then she goes, Bragg suggests that these are not the committee's true objectives. Instead, he continues that the subpoena is actually intended to undermine and obstruct New York's criminal case against Mr. Trump and to retaliate against the district attorney. And then the court says, you know what? We don't care. The court doesn't care. The court says the court is required to presume that a congressional committee's stated legislative object is, quote, the real object. And so the court wow. says, if Jim Jordan says so, I'm cool with it because we're just going to presume that, that, that that's the case. We're not going to actually look at the facts. I'm just going to presume whatever. You know, that's that's the case. That's basically what the judge is saying there. And then finally, the court saying, to the extent they have not been waived, the privileges being claimed by Moss Pomerantz uh, or being claimed here by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, Alvin Bragg, are not jeopardized by this subpoena. And then the court goes on to basically say that here, um, what could happen is the court saying it is not precluding uh, Mark Pomerantz from, from asserting privileges or objections when questioned. Um, so those are still preserved, and on a case-by-case -case basis, those questions will have to be uh, answered. Um, and that's what, uh, you know, and so let me just read portions of it, though. Plaintiff's assertion that the subpoena seeks grand jury material and documents and communications protected by the attorney-client privilege and work product doctrine does not salvage his motion. The subpoena only seeks Pomerantz's testimony. Although Bragg assumes that the questioning will stray into impermissible territory, the court declines Bragg's invitation to blindly uh. speculate about what questions might hypothetically be posed to Pomerantz at his deposition. 
Bragg's throw-everything-at-the-wall approach to privilege is unpersuasive. As an initial matter, Bragg con concedes that, quote, Jordan represents that he does not seek information protected by New York's grand jury secrecy laws. Trump um, judges. goes on to say that with respect to Bragg's various other claims of privilege, the court is unpersuaded that judicial intervention is needed to ensure that any privilege that might exist is preserved. It goes on to say that Indeed, at the time Pomerantz left the District Attorney of New York, there had been no New York State criminal prosecutions of Donald